Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 162. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me on an absolutely gorgeous Thursday afternoon, early evening here in Las Vegas. Yes. We're actually out on, uh, what do you call this, Cole Coffee? The Oasis? <laughs> that, that's what I'm calling it today. Never really had a name for it, but yeah. It feels oh, so like you just Oasis. came up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you, the way you sold it was like. Well, that's because I believe it. Maybe it's it's one of those things I always called it like my Oasis, but I never officially like labeled it because it's. Well, it is officially labeled. It is. Cold Coffee's Backyard, <laughs> a.k.a. The, the Oasis. Oasis. It does have a nice pool out here. Mm-hmm. A massive palm tree over to the side there that kind of gives you some some shade over there in yeah, the corner. Yeah, slightly overgrown, and I kind of need to trim those branches that are hanging down. But they're kind of nice though when the sun comes in. Oh, I bet. Because it leans over. I got a couple lawn chairs sticking under there, and then the the leaves kind of go up and over. So in the summer, when you know you're just trying to find any piece of shade, and if you find a piece of shade, it makes it like 10, 15 degrees cooler. Oh. I'll just kind of hop in there and just, like, take a nap. So that's it, the overgrown tree over there. And this one over here, it's not quite as high, so you don't really get into it. So I swear under not there. It's like, as overgrown of a palm tree. So yeah. two big palm trees back here. The pool. Yeah. Not one, but two grills side by side over there, yeah. plus a smoker. Yeah. Uh, the, gas, the, the gas one is the newer addition. Um, and then the charcoal grill. And then, yeah, the small little electric smoker. Cold coffee putting in work yeah, in the Oasis. That's, I mean, that's like if if I have a day off and like it's summer and I'm doing this is kind of where this is where I like to hang, you know. So uh, me and Agent H like to do a little grilling. So this is where I do all my grilling and chilling. I, I like, like it. Say, I so. like it. Well, it's a perfect day to do that. It is. Uh, I always tell people if you if you're gonna come to Vegas. April or October, pick one of those two months, man. That's when the weather is just perfect. Of course, we're just into May right now, but yeah. we're, we're still stealing a little bit of that. degrees right now. We're stealing a little bit of that nice weather before it gets too hot. So, yeah, if you're ever coming out April or October, pick those out. Now, I should yeah. say, it should be a Ballast Point home game today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I forgot to go get some Ballast Point this week. I was, wa- I was wondering. <laughs> I got busy. I was wondering. When you said you were going to pick some up, I was like, oh, that means he didn't. He yeah, didn't our- yeah. I got a little bit busy working this week. It's been kind of a it's been a crazy week. We're going to that. Uh, so uh, shout out to Ballast Point. It's not their fault that we're not having a Ballast Point home game. Uh, instead, it's a uh, what's the haps on the past? <laughs> I just. Yeah, it's it's a day for making up phrases. <laughs> What's the haps? The past? What's the haps on the past? That's what I was going. I, that's the best thing. Well, come this up is with. the original home game right here for us, for sure. That I is mean, true. Like Before the, we stepped our game up yeah. with Ballast Point, PBR was a uh, a fine. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't say sponsor because they never sponsored us. <laughs> no, we've sponsored. We sponsored them. them quite a bit, but they were they they fueled yes. many an episode of the MMA Roadshow. Hashtag earn your ribbon. Yeah. yeah. So it turns out when uh, when I'm when I'm actually buying the beer out of my own pocket, I I go with the PBR. Ain't nothing wrong with it though. Mm. I mean, like I figure it's kind of a throwback. Oh, this is this is. I mean, this is the original throwback. This is the original beer of the uh, the MMA Roadshow. So listen, here's why the week got busy. I, we'll throw this out. Uh, send, send some love out to the homie Simon Simano. Um, his grandmother passed away this week. Uh, in kind of sudden. I, I don't think necessarily completely unexpectedly, but uh, you know. Those things are never fun to deal with, and uh, he had to jump out. And it ended up being a crazy week because uh, our man Dan Stupp had some vacation days planned. Our man Matt Erickson had some vacation days planned because this is a rare non-UFC, non-Bellator week. And so uh, myself and Simon were kind of holding the fort down, and uh, and then Simon had to bail out. So things got a little bit hectic. Um, 
I had to pick up some extra hours. Uh, Dan actually gave back one of his vacation days. Matt gave back one of his vacation days and pulled it together. So it got a little bit hectic is why I didn't get in touch with uh, with our man Steve over there at Ballast Point. So I apologies to you, Cole Coffee. I, I forgive you. I appreciate I that. You. And then today got crazy for me. Now, you know, we're, we're going to talk some MMA, but I just want to show a little, a little peek behind the scenes of what's going on <laughs> at the Morgan household. So uh, this morning I had to get up early and uh, go to the passport office because my, my son – and my wife are going back to Mexico uh, at the end of this month. They're going to spend about six weeks down there. Wow. Uh, you know, my son, you know, he uh, studies a little Spanish, you know, trying to keep his bilingual stuff sharp, go go spend some time with uh, his, his family down there. My wife was born and raised in Mexico, or for all of her family still there. Um, so go spend a little time. And his passport, uh, when you're a kid, it, it only lasts five years, not ten. So he's got, it's, it's expired, and he has to go uh, get another passport. So we went and got that done. Uh, no big deal. That was early this morning, bright and early. But then – my wife asked me, hey, uh, there's a, an activity at the library, this kind of Lego building thing, and my, and my son just loves Legos. And, he, and, and she's like, do you mind taking him to that while, I, while I, I take care of some other things? And I'm like, honey, Thursday evening, <laughs> 162 Thursdays in a row now, I've had a podcast to tape with my man Cold Coffee. But I was like, you know, I want to be the good husband. I want to be the good father. And I'm like, yes, honey, I will do that. So I'm off today. I got up early. We were done with the passport office by like 9.30. So me and you could have got together this afternoon, maybe done a little day drink. And I mean, we got a little bit of sunlight left right now. But yeah. I mean, we could have we could have just kind of enjoyed the afternoon, relax. Instead, I, I go to this event with my son only to find out when I get there that it has been canceled. <laughs> so I planned my whole day trying to be the good husband and father around an event that was not even happening. So... Kind of a kind of a crazy day, made even crazier by the fact that before I came over here, and and fire up the Bob Marley right now if 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 if, if you can in the background, but uh, three little birds <laughs> on my doorstep, not singing sweet melodies, <laughs> but dead, dead, three dead birds in my house. Uh, one was actually in my garage, one was on the side of my house, and one was on the front porch in kind of a flower. Uh, pot bed thing mm-hmm. that we have so this is i'm still getting over the shock right now i apologize I mean, this literally just happened before i got yeah. here i don't know what to do i mean i've i've i mean i i know what i've done i picked up the birds and put them in a trash bag yeah uh but i don't know if i'm supposed to like call animal control or report something i tried to call my pest control guy mm-hmm. just to see if he knew anything like i don't think it was anything that he did but just to see if he knew like if he'd heard anything that's happening yeah uh i don't know if if somebody's poisoned them they there weren't signs of trauma you know like all of a sudden i'm doing like you know yeah. csi bird edition <laughs> I'm, I'm you know from it i'm like you know, at arm's you check length. the temperature to yeah. see how long wow. they've been dead. We didn't go Did quite you? that far. It was more of just a uh, cursory visual inspection uh, of me, like kind of half looking at it because I didn't want, you know. How'd you pick them up? Uh, I, I use like a, a a paper. So the funny thing, I found one last night, right? So yeah. me and my wife, we went to practice at Extreme Couture for my son, and then uh, we went to B Dubs. Shocker, I know. <laughs> To grab some dinner, <laughs> the Morgan, and, the Morgan restaurant. That's the Morgan, Morgan restaurant. Dinner of choice. To grab some dinner and uh, watch a little bit of the Golden Knights game, and uh, I didn't eat all my food there. You know, I was kind of, kind of drinking and relaxing a little bit. I actually, had to do a little bit of work, uh, and so I brought five wings home with me that I was going to eat while I watched. You know, they were going to, they were going to put Eli to bed, and I was going to watch the, the rest of the game. And uh, when we got home, that's when we saw the first dead bird that was in the garage, and I, and I had to pick it up. I just used like, a, I used like paper towels, right? I used paper towels and picked it up. And then put it in a trash bag, right? Uh, 
and listen, maybe I'm not the manliest man. I'm okay. To, I'm, I guess I'm okay admitting that. But it kind of freaked me out a little bit. It kind of grossed me out a little bit. And I got to say, I couldn't eat my chicken wings after that. Really? Yeah, it was something about, you know, like the bones and the well, chicken, you know, and then like, and then hmm. going and. What flavor those, chicken wings? Um, they, were, they were hot. They were hot. Flats only. I don't do the drummies, like all flats. But see, if they're flats, you. you I would have been able to, I think, visually. I, I couldn't block it out. Couldn't. I, I, instantly, I saw the wings, and I was just like. Yeah, <laughs> I can't eat that now. So well, I just wasted added. the you wings. You could have had ten instead of five. I just wasted. Well, I had five at the restaurant, and then the, the uh, other five gotcha. were, I was bringing home to kind of savor as I watched <laughs> the end of the game. And uh, that, yeah, and then two more dead birds a day. So wow. e- either there's a a bird killer on the loose in my neighborhood, or like it's yeah. the sign of boo? the yeah. death angel coming dog? to visit us or something. Yeah, maybe maybe Boo the dog's a, a silent <laughs> bird boo, killer. Boo the mutt terrier is just <laughs> mauling. He's like, who are you, bird? What are you doing in my house? I'm and gonna he, get you. He does it in such a way that there's no marks on the outside. Well, and you never know. Like, uh, but I'm with you. Like, I know back in Ohio, uh, in Columbus, there are certain times when you found they always used to say. Call the the wildlife department or whatever. And they would yeah. come check if there was if it looked like there was something because they wanted to check for disease. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, know. is there a pattern? You know, is it happening in other yeah. places to where, you know? But who knows? Three three is pretty is pretty odd. I mean, I get get it. Maybe the one got into the garage and then maybe it was heat exhaustion. That's what maybe I it had been quietly hiding uh, for some time and then or like didn't he have just food. got in when the door was open while we were backing yeah. out and then he got stuck and it yeah and then he just that's like what he, we thought but then but to the other ones like right after then that's a, that's a little crazy i mean because then that's just a coincidence but i mean they say that birds hit uh houses a lot of times while they're flying if they see something that maybe throws them off they think a, a window or something's an opening that they can fly through there right. might be that chance of something like that but i know there's also cases too there's just you know uh I've seen people, you know, they find certain birds nuisances, so people use BB guns and what actually would you shoot. Want, you, you want to throw out the theory you gave to me off air? Oh, about how <laughs> your your lovely child that is super sweet might be a, a, a closet serial <laughs> bird killer. <laughs> I was like, Eli, he's been taking this MMA training. You know, he might see some birds and be like, ha and like karate chop them or something. My kid got in trouble at school for doing takedowns. Oh, really? With like, a like friend. friends? It was like a buddy, uh, yeah. So they were like kind of playing – but he admitted they were like kind of, they were they wanted to kind of wrestle a little bit. Yeah. And the teacher was like, hell no, you know they, they weren't actually fighting, so they got in trouble. So. Both of them got in trouble. Yeah, they both got in trouble. Well, I know I did that once. Well, it was it was in high school and it was like roughhouse, and then it ended up turning into a fight. Yeah. But that was like me and a kid that weren't really friends, and then right. how we both got in trouble. Uh, but I'd see if it was just two friends that were playing around. It'd just be like, relax, teacher. You know, we're just doing whatever. But. I don't never know. know. Now he's out there killing birds. Now he's out there crazy. That's how he's revolting. He's like, he's like yeah, you want me to go to bed early? Ha, come here, bird. <laughs> so that's what's going on in the uh, in the Morgan household. I just thought I'd catch everybody up now, today. Now, if you find more dead birds, I'm I'd a, watch the dog and, uh, and keep an eye on Eli. <laughs> keep an eye on Or keep an eye on the neighbors, man. I it, uh, I would say you'd go back and look and see if there's any little BB holes or something. Nah. You never know. Some I, people are Those things weird. are wrapped up in a trash bag right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back in there. All right, so that's, let's let's get to some MMA. You didn't, you didn't come here for the uh, dead bird talk. But uh, <laughs> listen, uh, Bellator 198 was this past weekend. Fedor versus Mir. Uh, shocked by the result, man. I got to say, you know, right? you know the, the, the fight card – 
you know, I think the the main card. It was entertaining, man. It was a fun event. Uh, I do think that you know sometimes it, it reminded me very much of a Strike Force card. I mean, I think all of us in our staff picks went like five and one or six and zero. Oh. I mean, it was pretty obvious kind of what some of the fight results were going to be. Uh, but it was still fun. It was very entertaining. But the main event, uh, man. You know, I'll be honest. I consider you know Frank Mir a friend. I mean, he's a he's a Vegas guy. We've we've known each other for you know a decade. We've we've you know run into each other at a lot of places. Mm-hmm. We've you know we've had family discussions that are well outside of the sport. I mean, obviously uh, he's been kind enough to invite us to his to his house to to do a podcast and things like that. So definitely consider him a friend and and was pulling for him in a lot of ways. But I gotta say, putting that aside, something about the MMA fan and you seeing Fedor Emelianenko in there, you know, getting a win. It was kind of fun. It was. It was cool. It just sucks. I, I, it had to be against Frank Mir. It, it, and, that, and that's <laughs> it. it. You know, see, by sitting outside, you can smell the weed in, in, the, in the neighborhood too, which is. Good. I didn't know and if we should mention that or not. Yeah, whatever. It, it's legal. It's fine. <laughs> that's true. But um, no, I was completely. I, I admit, I thought Frank the was going to starch Fedor. I thought he was going to mm. just knock him out. But I mean, what Fedor was able to do, and it's, it was interesting listening to. Chael and them kind of set the show up beforehand and talking about Fedor's hand speed. And, you know, you think of Fedor and you think what he did in his prime, and, and I kind of didn't really even think about his hand speed. I thought, nah, yeah, he had good hands, but it's not going to be anything to worry about. But his hands were so sharp. And yeah. that uppercut that kind of caught Frank, which, which brought him down, was super sneaky and was super quick. And Yeah, because in the live action, I was like, what punch did he catch him with? Exactly. I, I didn't see it at first. I, I had to see, see the replay before I saw the, the punch that landed. And I don't know if it was a matter of it was tendencies that he saw. and He, he saw knew that Frank was maybe going to kind of lunge in there. And he, and, he, and he was either just one of those things like he's thinking, okay, at some point he's going to try to lunge and get me to take down. Be ready. Be ready with an uppercut, you know. And I think it was just – but for him, the way that he did – put that shot in without Frank actually doing a takedown was just super sharp and shows that his mind is still so there. Like yeah. Fader is still operating at a super high level when it comes with his hands, especially that early in the game. Well, and know? I think, you know, Frank came out after his – we did an article on the on, on MMA Junkie, but he did it on his podcast where he kind of mentioned he thinks – he, he got a little bit cocky, got a little bit careless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you know. He said that's kind of where the ring rust came in. Being away for two years yeah. was was the timing and being a little over aggressive. You know, and, he was and being being the over aggressive yeah. caught him. You know, because yeah. the fight started out going in his favor. Everything was going well but early. He was doing the head. He was doing the leg kicks. I thought that was smart. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's good, Frank. Use the leg kicks. You know, and you'll have those hands. You know, but you're right. He was. He was pushing the pace. He was driving after, and he was he was chasing Fedor down, you know. And I think Fedor was like, "All right, walk into this." You Crazy. Know? There was such a size difference between them. There really, really was, man. I mean, I thought Frank was just going to beast him. I was really surprised. I, I and you're right. I felt bad. I mean, I was happy for Fedor, but you know, I mean, uh, I've always been. I've seen a lot more of Frank, you know, when I was with the UFC. So I guess if there was a, a, a one of the two fighters that I was closer with sure. and probably had more affinity for it was Mir because I'm more familiar with right. Mir's uh, catalog of fights and just dealing with him over the years. So, yeah, I was bummed for him. I felt really bad. You know, I'm happy for Fedor to kind of prove a lot of people wrong, and he proved me wrong. He made me eat my words. I thought Frank was going to starch him, and I'll admit I was completely wrong and didn't think anything like what happened would happen. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't help but feel bad for Frank uh, after that. And, you know, being good friends with his striking coach, knowing his family, um, not as well as you, but but having been over to the yeah. house, meeting the family, you know, you want you want all these fighters to do well. And uh, you feel bad for him because, you know, 
with the time off, and I know he wanted to get back in there and get a win because I think at these points, you know, you start really start questioning when is the end, you know. Like if there's a guy that you clearly thought that you were better with, you were confident about it and you should be confident with it, and then you went in there and got your shit handed to you in the first round, then you're like, wow, okay. Maybe how I assess the situation isn't the same anymore. So know? we actually had a pretty interesting discussion on Sunday. Uh, so we do we do social media reactions every every week after big fights, right? And and Mike Bond puts those together. And one of the social media reactions, and it was actually the lead photo that we used on the site, was a picture of Frank laying in bed with two of his kids afterwards. You know, after he'd been knocked out after the fight, and. Uh, it was actually from his wife's Instagram account. She was the one that posted it. And uh, Mike used that as our lead photo. And I actually clicked on it because I was like, wow, I want to see what the message is. You know, like knowing what a family guy he is and then yeah. knowing how disappointed he would have been and how emotional that is. And, of course, being a father myself, you know, it kind of tugged at my heartstrings. And it turned out that we didn't even have, like, that post listed in our social media reaction. So I reached out to Mike and I said, Mike. Uh, amazing photo that we have as a lead photo, but why don't we have it in the documentation here? He's like, oh, well, it's actually a private account. His wife's account is a private account, so we can't list it in there because it won't show up for anybody unless they happen to follow or whatever. And I'm like, well, why should we have something that's a private account? Like, if you've been approved to follow her, why should we rebroadcast that out to the world? Like, that you, you've been selected as a person that's that's allowed to see her content, and, and, and I don't think we should do that. And it was kind of an interesting discussion. Ultimately, uh, I just made a, a decision. I pulled it down, and I switched it out with a picture of, of John Cavanaugh and Dylan Dennis mm-hmm. um, because I felt like it was kind of inappropriate for us to, to, to show a, a private account to the world, and, yeah. But it was kind of an interesting discussion. You know, Mike was like, Mike was like, well, listen, you know, we've, you know, other stuff has been posted. It's not like she she has like four followers, and I'm one of them, you know. But I don't know, like to me, like it was such kind of a sensitive moment, and it was on the wife's account, not the athlete's account. Yeah, and it's a and it's a private account. And ultimately, I don't know. Maybe I was being soft. Maybe I was being, and maybe it's because you know I, I do consider Frank Mir a, a friend. He's a mm-hmm. Vegas guy. I mean, again, when I say I consider him a friend, we've never gone out and had drinks together, or you know what I mean. I don't. Yeah, I don't. At his house. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't make social arrangements. I, I don't make social arrangements with fighters. Yeah. I mean, when you run into him on a fight week and you say hi and you have to be in the same bar or whatever, like, cool, that's fine. Of course, you know you're gonna you're gonna have a relationship. But I do think it crosses a line when you start going. Hey, bro, what are you up to? Let's go out this weekend or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't do that. I feel that's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, so when I say I consider him a friend, I wouldn't say, like, that's my boy. Uh, but I don't know. So may, I, I, I don't, I've been kind of thinking about it since. I don't know if if I let fatherhood uh, and, you know, him being a local guy kind of cloud my judgment or if I made the good moral argument that, hey, listen, man, that's a private account. It's not an athlete. Yeah. It's his, it's his spouse, and, and we shouldn't be rebroadcasting that to the world. I'm with you. I mean, I, I think most fighters, if it's a that, – that we deal with or any particular account of any celebrity or something's out in public, if it's a public account, it's not private, I think they are putting everything out there for public consumption. But if it is a private account, you know, you have to be selected. You have to be approved. If MMA Junkie, our, say, our particularly our account isn't approved, I would say they haven't given MMA Junkie car blanche to use all their stuff. Right. You know, if they've looked and said, oh, okay, I know this Mike Bond guy. Okay, he's in the MMA world. He, I know he probably likes Frank. I'm going to let him follow me. 
you know, I don't think she's immediately saying like, hey, I'm going to show this thing. I expect everybody that everything I put is going to go elsewhere because it's a private account. Well, even if it was the MMA Junkie account, right? Yeah. Would that's I mean, I still would feel weird about you're allowed to view. Does that mean you have the ability or the right True. to rebroadcast right. that? I think, and I think that's a good point. I mean, so even if it was, I, mean, I think yeah, if anybody's making it a point where it's a private account and they have to be approved, I think they're probably at least saying, you know. They want to have some sort of control of where this is going to go. Right. You know, they probably expect that, hey, I could put something on this account and it's not going to be broadcast out everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I think as a, bat, uh, as a general rule, I think, you know, taking it that if we see a private account, anything under that account, let's just not blanketly put it out there. Because, obviously, if they didn't want it just out there, they would not make their account private. Well, that's the decision I made. You know, so, so maybe I was too good. soft with that decision. All right, so let me say this. With, with all that said... Uh, I have to say this. I think Fedor winning is the absolute best possible result for Bellator. I think sure. Fedor versus Chael is is nuts. I mean, it was bizarre seeing them face off in the cage. Uh, and, and I think the lead-up is going to be intriguing. I mean, Fedor still has that mystique. Chael has had harsh words for him in the past. Chael will continue to have harsh words for him in the build-up to it. Uh, meanwhile... Frank Mir and, and Chael, I mean, hell, we've seen them do a podcast together, right? I mean, we've seen them hang out. We've seen them talk. Not that the fight wouldn't be, you know, still intriguing, but I, I, I really feel that Fedor versus Chael is probably going to be one of the biggest fights in the history of Bellator. I think this fight, I think this is, I think, number one, I think this result kind of re-energized my interest in the Grand Prix, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Like, for whatever reason, that, that really – kind of got things charged up over the, the first two results that we've had. And I think uh, Fedor versus Chael, other than the fact that Fedor commands a very high paycheck, um, <laughs> is is absolutely the best possible scenario for Bellator. I mean, I'm excited just because it's Chael. <clears throat> the fact that Chael's still involved, I mean, I would have been excited uh, if it was Chael and, and, and Frank, just for the fact of Chael just brings a whole other level to it. Uh, his shit talking and everything that he but see, just, Woody tra but that's what I'm saying. Would he trash talk? I mean, like I said, he, they, I mean, he tried getting done podcasts he, and stuff. He's he's still. I think he would still find a way to politely rib the shit out of him. Right. You know, if anything else, having a familiarity, he could pull stuff out that we probably wouldn't even even expect. You know, because he has get, a familiarity. Get the real close with needle, like oh, the yeah. you know the and sensitive spots, under, and just really get in there. Whereas, you know, Fedor is just gonna chuckle and laugh and kind of. Just say whatever, you know, he'll understand a few of the things that Chael says immediately. So you're not going to get that initial reaction that you want. You know, like I, I bet when Chael was saying what he said up there, Fedor probably understood maybe three of the words that he said. Of course. Because one, I mean, if he had time to, to listen to it slowly, I'm sure he would have made it out. But by when it happened, you know, he was just kind of like, uh, I'm like, oh, man. Chael just zinged him, and, and Fedor just like, uh, uh, <laughs> looking off, you know, not even paying attention, you know, which is one of those things that tends to happen when you have, you know, a, an English speaker talking shit to a foreign guy, and then vice versa. The the opponent just kind of tunes out, and they're like, whatever. Right. Say, say your piece. I was saying, I wonder, I wonder if, like, how much is going to get translated directly to Fedor? Oh, like especially a, that woman. Yeah. The woman that he always uses. She's she, gonna you, you she's think gonna she'll so translate politely. everything? Or do you think, yeah. I bet she does. No way. You think she'll just be like, I, he when, says. When she know, says it to him, I guarantee when, she says it to Chael. He's like, I Fedor Emilianico, you absolutely suck. You she think she goes, 
Uh, he says he has great respect for you as a veteran <laughs> of the sport, uh, I'm, I'm and sure he is he's probably, looking forward to this challenge she, against she a, just, a, a sportsman such as yourself. She, yeah, exactly. Because she's probably so <laughs> polite that she, instead of you suck, she would say, "Yeah, you're, you're not great," and put some. Uh, Mr. You know, Sonin questioned your skill level. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so I don't know. She <laughs> she doesn't seem like she would be the one to really pass off shit talk where it's like if it's Alex Davis or, you know, uh Oh yeah, they'll somebody they'll translate they, they it. would Derek or somebody yeah. they would translate it verbatim like what was going on, you know. Like they don't give a shit. You know, they're like I'm just it's my job to translate your words. It's not my job to be the political guy and, and choose the best words. Ed Soares told me that one time cuz you know Ed, he, Ed he the other guy get, was thinking. Well, Ed used to get accused of like changing people's words, like his yeah. clients' words. And so I asked him one day, you know, he doesn't translate anymore, but he used to quite yeah. a bit. And I'm like, dude, like I don't know Portuguese. Like some people say you change their words. He's like, "Hell yeah, I change their words." <laughs> he's like, "That's my client right there." He's like, "If he says something dumb, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rebroadcast that to the world." I was like, "Oh, all right, well, fair enough, fair enough." I'm like, we probably shouldn't have managers as translators. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I do, I do love the idea of Fedor versus Chael. Um, I mean, I, I think, I think Fedor's is the favorite, right? I mean, he's got to be after that performance. After what he did. I mean, I think Chael wanted or even said that he thought Frank would be much harder of opponent, had more weapons. So I think, uh, you know, the thing about this is, I mean, like, Fedor's not going to be afraid of Chael's hands. He knows all he's got to do is stop the takedown. Right. You know, but is he going to be able to stop the takedown? I just think it's a matter of it, Chael's going to have to weather two, one or two shots to get in there and grab hold can of him. Can he get through them? You know, and if he can get through those, I, he's going to take him down. You right. know, and he's just going to lay on him, do some a few elbows, and the next thing you know, the round's over. And then rinse and repeat the same thing for, for three rounds. I was going to say, and, and I guess the bright side, if you're, if you're Chael, is you only got to do it for three rounds, yeah. not five, right? I mean, yeah. even though these things are all main events, they're all three-round fights. Yeah. Um, I guess the – we haven't clarified, but I guess the final's got to be five rounds. I don't, I don't think I've asked that, but if the belt's on the line, it's the probably – The belt's on the line, I would imagine. They'll get their money i got to clarify that. Well, I, I, it's probably been reported somewhere, but I'll be honest. I don't remember. But I was thinking about that because you're right. You know, it, it, He's going to try to take down, try to you know ride out on top. I guess it does play in his favor that he only has to do it three times instead of five. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If anything else, I know I think he's going he's gonna to be wary of those uh, quick uppercuts, and he's going he's gonna to know that you can't, you can't discount Sneaky, his hands. Man. But, Sneaky, You know, uh, the thing about Chael, Chael's not going to try to make it a stand-up battle like Frank was trying to do it. Frank wanted to stand, and he wanted to knock him out. He wanted to trade hands with him. Chael's not going to want to do that. I mean, like, he, he's smart enough to know. He knows where his strengths are when it comes, and, and he's going he's gonna to work to get him on the ground. Because if he gets him on the ground, he – He's just he's, he immediately becomes a 400 pound sumo wrestler laying on top of you, and dudes just don't get him off, you know. And, and I don't think he's got to worry about you know, Fader pulling some crazy submission out, you know, right. that he needs to worry about, you know. So. Uh, yeah, it's not like I mean Fedor's got submission abilities, yeah. but it's not like anything Chael hasn't seen at this point in his career. It's right. not like Fedor's got some kind of crazy evolved guard that we've never seen before. Right. I mean, even his 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 body type makes you know a lot of moves kind right. of difficult, you know. So uh, at I this love, point in the game, it'd be yeah. one thing if it was maybe ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Like, it's it's Chael seen it at this point. Yeah, uh, I will say this side note. Uh, Frank Mir, there's been some reports out there, and, I, and it's Frank's own words. He said he's a free agent, or or he said he's Allowed to go compete elsewhere? Yeah, didn't he said ABC or somebody? Listen, or? Well, he wants to go fight for ACB, which ACB. he's done there. He's done commentary for them, and it makes sense. 
Um, you know, they're going to do shows here in the United States is their goal. Um, they're, they're trying to expand, and he's working with them. And it would make sense for him to fight with them. He's done commentary for them. He's been traveling over there. Uh, obviously, they're based over in, in uh, Russia and Chechnya. Um, but I, I talked to some people in the Bellator organization who, who wouldn't go on record but told me, John, man, that's not right. He's he's ex- He's got an exclusive deal with this. He's got a multi-fight deal. And not that, well, I was like, well, is it a multi-fight deal where he's allowed to go fight elsewhere? And it's like, no, he's got an exclusive deal with us. So that's going to be something to watch. I, I don't know I if – uh, Maybe if, he's just confused and, and I was nobody's, say, nobody's talking Either he other. misspoke or just doesn't know yeah. or he's trying to posture <laughs> because he wants – I mean, it would make sense for him to maybe go fight elsewhere. I'm sure he thinks he can get a big paycheck, and, and he said it. You know, on the podcast yeah. is that uh, on the phone booth fighting podcast. He, he, you know, he felt the ring rust. He wants to go in there and get some, yeah. you know, get some rounds under his belt. And you know, maybe he could find some, you know, kind of second tier type heavyweights over there, or whatever. Although there's some dangerous dudes over there. It's not like it's all gimmies, but um, but I, I just wanted to say that because um, I, I know I've seen some reports out there that say he's not under contract. He's a free agent. Yeah. He only had a one fight deal. It's not true. First of all, everybody should have realized it doesn't make sense. You don't go into a tournament with a one-fight deal. Yeah. See, bells and whistles, like alarms, should have been going off. If anybody wrote a report that he's a free agent, no organization would sign somebody in, into a one-fight deal going into a tournament. Uh, well, I say no organization. It has happened in the past, and it cost people dearly, and uh, that's why it wouldn't happen again. So, uh, anyway, just something I wanted to throw out there. Uh, last thing, overall, love the car. I mean, Beltor 198 was fun. Uh Rafael Lovato Jr. is a beast, man. That dude is a monster. I, I, I've, I've been a fan of his, and I've said going in, people should pay attention to Rafael Lovato Jr. He is insanely good. And uh, Dylan Dennis, uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, going into the week, I know you said you don't, you don't, you know, you don't have any feelings necessarily for or against Dylan Dennis. He did get the nice submission win. It yeah. was, as we said going in, against a guy who was – you know, set up to be there yeah, more or less. Losing streak, yeah, a, a via submission. So we, we knew what was going on. We, we saw that Dylan's wrestling game definitely needs some work. His stand-up, of course, needs some work. But he is, you know, it was his first MMA fight. But I mean, the 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 playbook, the the Conor McGregor playbook is is so evident that it's just almost. I mean, it's 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 almost funny to me. It is funny. That's that's the thing. Is so. Some people hate him, and some people. So here's the deal. So you know, he had some great quotes, and he had some great lines, and we we were we were working post event on Sunday, and Fernanda Prachis, who you'll be with next week down in Brazil, you know, she chimed into our 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 employee chat, and she was like, "Can we stop trying to make Dylan Dennis a thing? He's not a thing." And I'm like, Fernanda. Everything we do about him Eat clicks. Your words, Everything we do about sure. him clicks. They either click to to see what he's gonna say, or they click to. They hate click him. to hate on him. They cl- <laughs> but but they're clicking. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're clicking. And I mean and and he's winning. I mean he won his fight. And, I mean it was create and it was crazy how quickly he went into that submission. Like you could tell this dude's super high level. Oh yeah. Super super high level. But, I mean, I definitely think there were some questions because he was getting rocked on his feet on occasion, yeah, yeah. you know. So, I mean, I definitely, you know, I'm not hating him. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at the pictures, it just makes me laugh because it looks like you could take it. And I could take two fo- p- photos in a Photoshop and take his stance and completely lay it over top and watch it look exactly like all these McGregor poses right? that we've seen. You know, it's the like lines he, are the same. Oh, the the, I mean, the things that he says. I mean, it's literally just like it, follow it, the playbook. It is, and I can't hate on that. But yeah, I just I just find it funny. Uh, but you know, it hasn't got to the point for me where it's like, 
annoying or anything yet you know it's still it still amuses me and the dude's winning so you know uh i'm just taking it as it comes you know i'm just like i find it entertaining it is but hey i did happen while we were talking about frank before we passed on i did look back and when i saw this article on the sure dog and it was talking about how frank had signed a multi-fight contract and how he had said or confirmed the signing or something but it does say on here that uh the terms of his deal allow him to compete for other organizations with the California-based promotions permission. Mm. So, but that right there, even if you look at the end, with their permission. With the permission. So, they'd have to approve it. You know, so yeah. I don't know if in his mind he's like, no, my thing says we're good to go, that I could fight. But maybe there's that phrase that he's forgetting. And, and he thought, yeah, he's like, oh, I can just take whatever. I can just take whatever. He's like, oh, no, 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 you can fight, but we have to okay Because Bellator's always been good about, like, sending people to Japan yeah. and, you know, things they like that. They let him do it all the time. I, so, I don't think it's I, – I think – what where it can be easily solved. It's just a matter of, yeah, you want to go fight with so-and-so? That's cool. We weren't planning on using you in that event or maybe the one after yep. that. Here's your okay. Yeah, normally you know? normally in situations like that, they have to approve the date um, because obviously they need to make sure it doesn't, you know, you know, have any conflict with when they want you, or maybe they want you. About you don't want usually, a big, you don't want a big star of yours counter programming against one of your absolutely. Events. And usually, they'll get some say in your opponent too. Like if if, uh, if you know what I mean. If they're like if they think you're going to fight somebody that's an absolute you know world beater, they don't you know they don't want to they don't want their guy going to you know yeah. lose over there somewhere else. Now, you can't guarantee a win in MMA. We know that, but usually they'll they'll be able to say no. Nah, we don't we don't like that fight for you either. So. Um, yeah, but interesting. But yeah, I mean, you should maybe reach out and be like, hey, double check your thing. Like, you know, I, I want to read. I want to just read. Just get double the fine check. print. Yeah. Section was there two. an asterisk? Article, article three. <laughs> was there an asterisk somewhere in there? <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, by the way, just just last thing on Dylan Dance. I'm with you. I'm not annoyed by the guy yet. I, I find it almost comical and entertaining that he's uh, he's he's a character of of Conor McGregor, and it's so weird that he that he, yeah. that he elicits such anger out of people. So I, I kind of yeah. like it. That's uh, what I'm more amused about, yeah. I think, is just watching the, the chatter off to the sides. Like, what his the, – the noise coming from him doesn't bother me right. right now. Like, I'm totally not annoyed at all. Dude's winning, whatever. Do your thing. I'm more amused by the hate and the people right. coming out. So I, I, I'm just kind of – I love reading the comments that people just say about shit, you know, but – I don't know. I, I guess that's a thing because lately we we did that uh, cool interview. Well, Dern was the scrum the other day, so I'm just reading chatter just to hear people talk about her accent. We like were, it's just it's just nonstop. Like so, half the chatter that people talk about these fighters is just as fun. It's just listening to all the crazy shit that people say. I want to get to Mackenzie Dern, but uh, I'm I'm running out of frosty yeah, beverage, do. so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I, I, last thing on Dylan Dennis, how great was the. Uh, the Scott Coker quote where somebody, you know, Dylan had come out just like Connor. You know, I'm going to have a piece of the UFC. Dylan comes out and says, you know, I'm going to have a piece of Bellator. <laughs> oh. And they ask him about it. And they ask about his attitude. And they don't even ask Coker about that. They just say, uh, you know, some people say that he's too brash. He's going to rub people the wrong way. What do you think? And Scott says, whoa, you're talking about my partner <laughs> there. about my partner. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. That was one of the best Scott Coker quotes I've ever seen. He's like, ah, that was that's my partner, man. No. You're like, relax, relax. Relax. That's my buddy. All right. So That's listen. Why Co- Coker's th- Coker is a funny dude. He is. Like, I think, uh, you know, and he's just subtle about it. I think where uh, Dana can be very brash and in your face, but also still a very funny guy sure. when you catch him in the right mood. Right. Uh, Scott is like that, got that subtle, dry, subtle, subtle humor that, you know, if he even when he's not just blatantly throw it at you, he'll slip one in there and you're just like, oh, I, I see what you did there. 
I see what you did there. I hate, so. that, I hate that you have the beard now because you can't be mistaken for Coker anymore. <laughs> That's why I grew it out. Because people were kind of like Anik like, and, <laughs> and Schaller were getting mistaken for each other. I was like, I, I, I don't want to go to a Bellator event, work at a Bellator event, and have somebody tap me on the shoulder and, and complain about the fight card or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which did well, they didn't complain about the fight card? No, but, but they're you asking. Did get called, Mister yeah, Coker. They were, they're asking me like why I was sitting there. They're asking me about the thing, Mister Coker, Mister Coker. I was like, seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's great. All right, listen, uh, we do need to refresh on these frosty beverages I will use out that. here in Next time we the stay Oasis. At, we stay at his hotel. Drinks on. Oh, yes, Mr. Coker. That'd be the Coker oh. tab. The Coker tab. Just slip a couple like drinks on there. I like where you go with that. Uh, all right, so while we refresh, uh, I want to stick with the Bellator theme. Had a chance to speak with Aaron Pico, who fights next week at Bellator 199. They're coming right back to action. Uh, Aaron Pico, another one of these up-and-coming studs. Uh, that I'm I'm increasingly becoming a fan of. I know he had all the hype going in, but you know sometimes you don't buy into the hype right away. And of course he he had the loss right away. But I think this guy's just getting better and better and better. So Man, they're giving a guy that doesn't even have a pro fight. No, just I haven't updated that yet. Oh, okay, that's uh, our that's that's our 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 fighter pages need some help sometimes. I was and and say, I work on them. I, I work on them, but it's 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 me working on them. So thanks for throwing me under the bus, Cold Coffee. Well, he you, actually has you like threw 20, yourself under the bus. He actually has like twenty eight pro fights. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, just none like, in man. major organizations. This is his Bellator debut. So uh, okay. anyway, so we don't count the other ones. We could just leave it O and O. Just we'll just edit that out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know us. We don't edit no, shit. We don't edit nothing. We'll fix that. All right. Uh, let's go refresh the frosty beverages while we do that. Here is Aaron Pico. Mr. Pico, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, John. How are you? I'm doing real well, man. Hey, I appreciate you doing this, man. I know you're a busy guy right now, so thank you very much. Uh, no problem. Let's talk about the opportunity here, man. Fighting in California for a third time. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you about that experience. I mean, are, are you enjoying being, you know, kind of the hometown guy again, or were you hoping your career would take you different places and get out on the road a little bit? <laughs> no, I, I feel good fighting in California. I've spent so much time traveling all over the world, and it was great, but I love fighting in California. Obviously, all my family can come. They can see me fight. I can be with them, and... Uh, that's the most important thing for them to be able to watch me. Like I said, I've traveled the world. I've been all over, competed, and I love fighting in California too because I love the weight, the weight uh, rules. I like that you have to weigh in before the fight. There's a certain uh, percentage that you can't be over. I think that works great to my advantage. So, anytime I get to fight in California, it's always a uh, it's always a good time. That's an interesting point, man. I mean, obviously, you know, Andy Foster is trying to get that system out everywhere. You you fought under it a handful of times. Of course, you've you know you've been cutting your weight your whole life. But uh, you think it's a good system? You think it's the way we, we need to go all across martial arts? I love it. I love that you have to weigh in. It works to my advantage for sure. Um, for me, I now I've been working with Sam Calavita for for about over a year now for my nutritionist. My nutrition and strength and conditioning, and it's just been it's been great. I I always say I don't I don't use the, the term cut weight. I just have to weigh a certain amount and step on the scale, and I'm good because I don't cut weight. I I, I just eat the right things. I eat very very healthy, um, and that's just the lifestyle I live. I don't. There's no time where I say, okay, well now I have to diet and get down. No, I just eat grass fed organic stuff all year round, so I don't have to do that to my body. Because at the end of the day, keep doing sucking 30 pounds every time, up and down, up and down. you got to think about your future when you're 40 years old. Um, how's your body going to like that? So for me, I don't use that term cut weight. I just show up, make my weight, and fight. 
So having those rules implicated for California just works to my advantage. I think it's safer for the fighters. But at the end of the day, you're going to get ding-dongs that are going to cut weight no matter what and find a way around it. But I, I think I think we can do the best. If they can try to have as much rules as possible, it works out great. You know, it's funny. You, you kind of touched on something I wanted to ask you anyway, but, you know, talking about your health and, and, and just the way you do it. I mean, you are such a young guy. Um, do you feel like you'll grow out of featherweight at some point? Or, or if you say that, you know, you're not a guy that cuts weight, you kind of just keep yourself healthy. I mean, do you feel like featherweight c- could be your, your home forever? To be honest with you, I feel very, very good at featherweight. Like I worked with Sam Calavita, and making 145 before actually was, like, really, really hard for me. But since I changed my whole lifestyle, my eating, my juicing, all the different things that are in, that are in the stuff that we eat today – get rid of it and start eating you know just clean stuff my weight is stabilized so so well and it's just it's the 146 is actually very very easy for me to make um so yeah it's a perfect a perfect weight for me and i've been i've been wrestling at 145 it's been like four years since i've been at 145 so um i think it's a perfect weight for me right now definitely at 155 i always say 155 is very very hard for me because i have to keep on so much weight mm. And it just kind of sucks. I feel slower. I get a little bit more tired in training, but as soon as my body starts to lean out, I just feel so good. Like, I can go all day. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. My coaches are always like, man, do you ever get tired? I say, no, I just I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, let's talk about this fight. I mean, here you are, your four fights into the career now. Uh, you know, you've had to deal with a lot of attention, a lot of expectations, all those things. But, you know, four fights in, do you feel like you're really kind of settling in now and getting comfortable and, and, and really finding your way? Absolutely. I've come a long way in the 11 months that I've been fighting. I haven't even been a pro a pro a year and I feel like I've made so many so many gains mm. inside and outside the inside the inside and outside the cage. You know, at first I didn't know how it works, how you go to the to the hotel and check in and do all this stuff, but in reality, you know, it might not make a difference, but it does make a difference just knowing where everything is at, knowing how the process works, showing up to the fight, the hours leading up to the fight so now that i have some experience under my belt for sure i feel like um i'm a veteran it kind of sounds funny because it's but it's just it's good i've had a lot of attention i fought on the biggest card bellator's had in madison square garden it's been the biggest on pay-per-view my first fight so i mean everything else now i'm just kind of getting used to it yeah. i'm gonna fight at the forum i'm gonna fight at madison square garden i'm gonna fight at SAP center this seems kind of normal, but I like it that way. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, it's funny because it's kind of the way I was thinking about it too. Like, almost like you're just now one of the guys, which I know you don't want to just be a fighter. I mean, you want to be a superstar, right? I mean, you want to be a champion. You want to be all those things. But I did feel like people treated you as almost like this freak, uh, you know, spectacle show. Is he going to perform? Is he not? And now, you know, a year later, four fights in, now I feel like people are really looking at you as just, okay, yes, he's a contender. Let's 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 see where he stacks up in the division. I wonder if you kind of – welcome that i mean yes the attention is probably great but you kind of probably want to be seen as one of the guys as well right 100 percent. i mean my first fight it was like i was i was fighting for a world title it's like hey i still gotta i gotta i gotta prove myself you know so i was never felt like i i obviously made it i'm not a world champion i haven't defended my belt i haven't even won a world championship there's so much that i gotta do i have to prove i'm I'm like my dad always says. I'm a hunter. I'll never become a farmer. I gotta hunt. You have to hunt. You know, and that's the way that I'm that I'm approaching my career. I never want to stay stay settled. I want to be a hunter, and 
just keep keep going, keep building. Get my title and defend it and defend it. That's how, that's how you become a legend by defending your title. And yeah, for sure. After the first one, it was just kind of like, okay, now I got to just just you know breathe a little bit. I I know what to expect. It was the biggest card as a pay per view. So what's the worst that could possibly happen? The worst that could possibly happen happened. <laughs> then I just get on with it and keep improving. And so far, so good. Yeah. Talk about Lee Morrison. I mean, here's a guy that's, that's 27 fights into his career, but, you know, he's making his Bellator debut. Uh, what did you know about the guy? I mean, did, did you know anything when they give you the name? How does that process go with you? Yeah, for sure. They give you a name. I look him up, and uh, you start game planning on how to beat him. I know he's a very tough guy. He's an ex-wrestler. He's got a wealth of experience. But I have youth on my side. I've had a lot of training. I, I've made so many gains in the 11 months that I've been a professional, so I'm ready. I'm ready for everything that he throws at me. I've seen it in the gym. I've gone over it time and time again. Now, for me, it's just relaxing and doing what I do best. We, we hear stories behind the scenes about how hard it is to matchmake for you. The guys just don't want to, they don't want to fight you because you're so early in your career, and, you know, I guess maybe they feel like there's nothing to gain and everything to lose. Well, I mean, do you, do you hear these stories? I mean, do you hear, how, how, you know, how many guys turn you down and how tough it is for them to find you opponents, and, and, and what do you think if you, if you do hear that stuff? Honestly, I just, to be honest with you, I just stay in my lane and train. I'm very, very young in my career. These guys can worry about all the all the turn down fights and do this and want to want to say I don't want to fight this guy and do this and that for me I'm just getting better I live a very very good life I wake up in the morning I ride my horse I go train come home train again relax train just getting better as a fighter I can let all these young guys let these older guys worry about certain things for me I'm just worried about becoming the best fighter in the world so I know I'm gonna have a lot of guys turning down fights but I respect the guys that take the fights because at the end of the day, they're giving me the opportunity to become a better fighter. And you know what? My hat's off to them. I take nobody lightly, and I just train, train my ass off. That's what I do. Yeah, well, you're making some in, uh, impressive improvements in a year, that's for sure. I mean, I know you don't want to look past this fight at all, but what what is the plan right now? I mean, pretty soon another couple wins, and, and, and it may be time for you to challenge for that world title. You know, it may be time to, to, to be in those championship discussions. So give me an idea what – where, you know, how you see your career progressing, uh, you know, assuming you pick up another win uh, on May 12th? For sure. I'm, I'm, after each fight, I want to get closer and closer for the title. They told me, hey, next weekend you're going to fight for a world title. I'll say, okay, I'm ready to go. I feel I'm ready. I feel I can contend for a world title. I have to just take it slow. I'm young. I have nothing. I have no rush or anything like that. The only thing I can possibly do and control is get better. I'm not going to be going on camera saying, oh, I deserve this, I deserve that, this and that. No. For me, when my time comes and I get that phone call, I'll be ready for a world title. But all I can do control right now is becoming a, the best fighter in the world. And slowly and slowly, I'll inch my way up and I'll get that phone call, say, hey, you're fighting for a world title, and I'll be ready. Trust me. When that phone rings to say, hey, Pico, you're fighting for a world title, I will be ready. We will be ready. Team. I don't like to say I because there's so many people on my team that, that help me. I, I don't like that because it's we, we will be ready. Fantastic. Well, I know this is another big opportunity for you, man, another chance to make a big statement. Uh, what do you think? I mean, are you, when, you, when you close your eyes and play this one out, are, are you going to go out there and get it done with, it, with another one of these devastating first-round knockouts? I can't give away all the secrets. 
you got to tune in. <laughs> Fair enough, my man. Fair enough. I appreciate the time, brother. Any last thoughts, messages, anything like that that we can get out there for you? No, I just uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in. And uh, make sure you guys uh, watch May 12th, live on Paramount. Right, so that was Aaron Pico. Crazy. Even even he I had I had to check the stats when he said, you know, I haven't even been fighting pro for a year. I was like, holy shit, he's right. Like it's happening that fast. I mean, his progression has been so quick. Mm-hmm. Uh but man, the dude is just first of all, impressive in the cage, no question about it. But buttoned up. I mean, the, the, the way he speaks, the attitude that he has, that advice he had from his dad, you know, be a hunter, not a farmer, man. I, I love that attitude. Um, but I, man, I, I'm, 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 I'm really starting to, to, uh, to, to buy into the hype with Aaron Pico. And I love the fact that, you know, he's, he's kind of not this freak show anymore. He's kind of just becoming a, 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 you know, a real contender. Yeah. I think that, that humble pie that he, that he ate, during his debut, you know, he came in riding such a high, and I mean, it was easy to believe it. I mean, his hand speed—he oh, has—he has incredible hands. Nuts. I mean, and you can see two two knockouts in his last uh, his last two fights. I mean, not bad for a wrestler. Not, not bad. I wouldn't even consider him wrestler. Is that what? Mo- I mean, like, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, dude's hands are sick. I mean, like, so I mean, I think he, I think he's starting to live up to every bit of the hype, you know, and uh, he's got his head on his shoulder. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens. I am too. All right, Aaron Pico being action Bellator 199. I should say, by the way, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Make sure you're logged into iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, first of all. I mean, hopefully if you're listening, you're already a subscriber. You don't just <laughs> hear it every now and then. You get it downloaded automatically every week. But, you know, if, if you aren't, make sure you subscribe. And if you are, jump in real quick. Just give us a little feedback. If you can uh, if you can leave us five stars in there, that'd be awesome. If not, you know, leave us whatever you can. If you got any feedback, positive or negative, hopefully positive. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, you know, tell other people about it as well. But just the positive stuff. Just, yeah, just the, the negative stuff. stuff. See, I've installed this new thing on the site where if you have any bad thoughts, just thank them. You don't even have to write them out, and I'll get. And the, I'll get. To it us. comes straight to me. There you go. Just so, thank the negative thoughts. Just thank the negative thoughts. You don't have to actually them put them out. Nah. Hurt our feelings. No. Show it out to the rest of the world. No. Leave us good feedback. <laughs> we appreciate that. And right. uh, I didn't. I did want to oh, say that uh, I know the other day, you know, because I've been working to push this out on different ones, and I know uh, talking to our good man Abby Subban uh, over in the UK, they use something called Deezer, which every time I say it, I want to <laughs> say D's nuts. <laughs> but uh, now we are on Deezer as well. So Do you that, know what Deezer? <laughs> <laughs> so this Deezer will bring nuts. the total. Well, well, why not? <laughs> I ruined it. I, I, I tossed up Deezer, and you can't get off it. Um, so now you can you can find us on the Apple Podcast. You can find us on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're still on Stitcher, D's Nuts, and Radio Public. <laughs> SoundCloud, uh, we hope to get back on SoundCloud one day. We'll, we'll get it sorted out, and we'll get back on, on SoundCloud. Uh, but all these other ones automatically kind of do it. We, we put them in one place, and it kind of goes everywhere, so it kind of makes it nice and easy. And... Uh, um, but yeah, so we're out there. So I want to I want to to let all you people that are listening over in the UK and know what Deezer is, not Deez nuts. Deezer nuts. 
<laughs> you can find us on Deezer now uh, as well. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I should say, listen, uh, we still have the Patreon working as well. I haven't pushed it because uh, I, I, I need to grasp what we can offer cold coffee. I got to work through it. It's been so busy and hectic lately. But well, that's another I want, big thing. I want it's it been to be busy. family, man. I want it to be family. I want that to be something special. And, uh, you know, I, I, so I haven't been pushing that. But that, that does exist. Patreon.com, the MMA Roadshow is there as well. But uh, at least the rest of these, you know. Patreon.com, that can help us pay to get it on SoundCloud and, and, and things like that mm-hmm. again. So these are the things that we can do. I should give you some, because uh, I still have some of those koozies that uh, we'll have to carry. So any of the Patreon members show up yeah. one of these events. Because we've always said that, you know, at certain levels, you you know, there's an open mic always for you guys. Absolutely. And that's always still there. But uh, uh, that'd be a good way. If, if you're currently one of the patrons and, and we're in your town, make sure you hit us up beforehand and let us know. And uh we get we got a koozie with your name yeah. on it. And so. I, I want to do stuff like you know I want to grab some some merchandise and stuff when we're at events and yeah. share those with them. But I want to do more than that. I want to be able to do some added content, some some special stuff, but you know behind the scenes stuff or whatever. But it has been pretty hectic lately. Uh, but but I want to figure that out. But that's why I haven't pushed that. It still exists and we're still committed to it. Uh, but you know I, I I don't want to just come with a with a with a handout and saying you know here's 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 my charity option, but. Uh, you know, I want to do it the right way. So. Yeah, you pay enough, you get to see Deezer. <laughs> I know you started. Now I can't stop thinking these nuts are ways to work the words these nuts in the conversation. <laughs> well, speaking of things that you can't stop thinking of, talk about this media lunch. Uh, oh, Mackenzie Dern yes. and Kelvin Gaslam. You did, d- d- despite it being a non-UFC and non-Bellator week. That does not mean that you. Uh, stayed at home. You did make the day trip out to LA, the uh, the quick flight out there and back. Um, and and you got to sit down with them. And and I tell you what, I I want to talk a little bit about Mackenzie Dern uh, because I, I did, you know, she said some interesting stuff, and I was able to to, to gather some interesting information um, behind the scenes as well. But you know, I just kind of want to get your take on on her. You've been around her a couple times now, uh, but also I wanted to get your your take, I guess, on why is everybody so fascinated. With her accent and whether it's <laughs> fake, whether it's real, and I don't even like. This is what I don't get. Okay, what I don't. Get, I understand people have poke little fun at her, or whatever. Uh, I mean, I think you found today you stumbled upon Tara Larosa talking talking trash about her on social media, yeah, or put up not necessarily a, talking trash, but I guess it was a meme of uh, how to unlearn English. English and had Mackenzie Dern's picture trans, on it. Uh, translated from English to Portuguese back into English by George Grigel or something, I think is what it said on there. It's, it's, Did it's, it? I didn't actually oh, even read that. It's a funny I meme. I'm not going to lie. It's actually pretty funny. But but this is what I don't – I kind of don't understand the fascination with her accent to begin with. But then on top of that, you know, people say that uh, her accent is fake or she's faking it. And then I don't – like what in God's name would be accomplished – by having a fake accent. That's what I don't get. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess for me, uh, when I was first introduced to Dern was relatively recent. So mm-hmm. her accent as it is now is what I've always heard her speaking. The only time I hear anything different is when I went back and see all the stuff that people bitch about. People, you know, in this video that I sent you that you had already seen, it was uh, on YouTube and it was like titled like the evolution of uh, a compilation of, of interviews uh, uh, accent. Yeah, it goes back to like 2010 and then by the end of it it had stopped in like 2017 and you kind of pretty much get what you get now. Um, and uh, it's amazing to, to, to see how at the 2010, I can see where people are fired up because 
it sounded like a teen girl just talking like English, kind like of a valley girl English. or whatever. Yeah, you know, they they termed it like the valley girl or whatever. Um, but I mean, and, and and you know, we've heard the conversation. You know, we've talked to people that are bilingual speaker speakers, and and it's easy if if you're switching between two to to have an accent you know, stick. And, and if you're living a lot of times in a certain area, it's, it's easy to pick up. I mean, like I get it where some people are like, well, I've lived in places and I never picked up an accent. I have a, a, a brother-in-law who is from Ohio like me, but he's lived in the South for 20 now, 20 some years. And he has the God awfulest Southern <laughs> Hick accent now that my sister-in-law, uh, uh, my sister-in-law that married my brother, they live up in that awful state of Michigan. Uh, they, uh, she can't even understand him sometimes. Like she's English. And so she's like, she's like, there's sometimes they're talking. She thinks that when he talks, he sounds like the guy in, um, uh, uh, the King of the Hill, where he's like, "Oh man, you know what's that saying about that?" Boomhauer. Boomhauer. So she's always like, she's like, Jeff sounds like Boomhauer, and I'm like, I can get it where some people don't understand, but, and it's not like it, that he's faking it or whatever, you know. Depending on how you just picked it up from you, just there. pick it up and you you can immerse yourself in the culture, and then next thing you know, you're picking up the mannerisms, you're picking up the phrasings. And people are just, I mean, the, the, I guess what Do people gets care just people, to hate? I mean, is that I why? think just people love to hate and talk shit, you know. And probably some of these people have never traveled. They probably have never seen, you know, people that have how changes happen when you live in other things. But I think it's just people love to hate on things. They see a cute girl and they either want to, to bitch about her looks and say that she's, you know, either whatever, you know, about looks. And the, they either look at their looks and then they're – then part of that is they're looking at how she sounds and then they you know the, the why somebody even wants to go back and look at the way somebody talks outside of going back and maybe looking at her fighting i can see where if they're like okay i want to see her fighting you right. know her jujitsu and maybe in the course of that they're like wow that's so weird we're watching her old jujitsu and she sounds a little bit different but i feel like so many people now uh are just infatuated with how she's talked that they don't even look at this life that I she is, this incredible weird. life that she's lived the in the jiu-jitsu world. I know. She's, she's truly a legend. I mean, she's the daughter of a legend, and she's a legend herself. No, is it a daughter I mean? or a stepdaughter? Oh, was it a stepdaughter? I thought somebody, I don't know, and this is me trying to read now about that it. I didn't know. That, that's what I'm trying to read. Like, uh, And this could be I'm wrong, but then some people are saying, like, oh, it was a stepdad and not her biological dad. But well, I don't know if that's case. true. Because Megaton, what, Wellington Diaz is her, is her father. I didn't know that was her stepfather. But then why is there different last names? Well, that's just like the Brazilian thing, right? Where they but have why didn't she? Have, why wouldn't she? Most people would ride the coattails of their father and have the same last name as the father. I don't think Fernanda's last name is actually Prochis. I know what her actual last name is. That's not it. Yeah. Was her dad a legend? That <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she wanted to make her own path. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, so maybe not. I don't know. All right. That's me just reading bullshit comments. So maybe I don't know what I'm fucking talking about, which is fine. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. People are so uh, enamored with it and the fact that they're like, oh, look at how her English has digressed and she's not even using – she's, like, speaking like – you know, we've been to Brazil a I lot of times. What, like, what I don't get is, like, what benefit would it be of her to ha- – I mean, like, yeah, she, she speaks more like, marketable to have an accent? I mean, which is, is that – like so stupid. She speaks exactly like – That's any, why I've never heard anybody any our, with a theory that's like, she changed it because – 
it helped her land a sponsorship yeah. deal or something. Like I She landed a big acai deal after <laughs> this. But no, any of our English buddies, any of the UFCPR team, anybody that we deal down there, their English sounds the exact same. So I guess it never struck me as odd because when I talk with her, I just feel like I'm speaking with like right. one of my buddies down there. Right. Like it doesn't I don't think I don't know, it just doesn't ring any weirdness in yeah. my head. It just, that's all I've known I her like as. As soon as people say it, I, I just feel like, shut up, you're a hater. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the only reason to bring it up is just because you're looking for some reason to, to find fault in in a young woman that's doing really well for herself. Right. And, and and to go back to this this thing, hearing her speak, uh, I was very, I was, I was excited to see. She had really sort of embraced the fact that, um, because it did kind of get brought up, you know, you're fighting the third, the third from the top on the card. She's fighting after Vitor Belfort, his last fight. That's like, crazy. are you fucking kidding me? That's crazy. Like, I'm surprised that he's they're 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 starting the main card. They're kicking off the main card. Good for them to start the main card with the with the bang. But this is Vitor's supposed final fight. Fun like retirement fight. Like, uh, it's not really giving a lot of love to him. You know, this is a guy that and has had sort of a interesting relationship with say, the it UFC. hasn't been, hasn't been positive a, hasn't been perfect it hasn't been perfect but it's the fucking phenom i mean like the dude's done amazing shit in his fighting career and if this is in fact his supposed retirement fight uh i just feel like unless you're trying to start the show and build in some fanfare to award uh what he's con- contributed to the mma space you know, maybe that's a reason for it. I, I saw, I was a little, I felt a little slighted for him as well. I just mm. felt like that's kind of rough that you, you're going to start the fight card, you know, because unless you're going to build in something so you can give him some time, you can give some sort of thing, you know. But I feel the UFC's kind of dropped the ball sometimes of not being very ceremonious in these guys finishing things, you know, like put a put a fucking package together. Put something together. Roll something on screen to thank this person for what he's done. It might not have been perfect for you, but shelve all that shit for a second and, and give this guy something good. That is so a the wild fact decision. that he's not further up in the card uh, just struck me as as odd. I was surprised. I didn't that even realize it until you said it to me. Honestly, now I'm looking at the bout order. I mean, you got Lineker and Keller, which is going to be a fantastic fight. Does it? That, that why seems, is that? That seems like one that you'd kick off the. That, that should have started. That seems it. you kick because it's going to yeah. be a fun fight. It's going to be a fun fight, but it's maybe yeah. not the star power yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Definitely not of a Belfort Machida. And I don't mean to insult Lineker and, and Keller, but no, that's a great. But Belfort that's a great Machida are former champions. They're you know former champs true, and true it's legends. Belfort's last. So you fight. can easily do Lineker Kelleher. Then maybe Dern Cooper, yes, and then Belfort Machida, then Jacare. That would have made In the fact, most sense. In fact, you could even do. I guess maybe you do Jacare and Gaslam as the co-main because it's more relevant in terms of immediate rankings. Because name power alone, Belfort Machida is probably worthy of being a co-main. Right? It is. If like, it's name power alone. To Brazilians alone, that's Brazilian versus Brazil. I mean, they're going to love the fact of Jacare versus USA. That's that's going to yeah. be a huge one. But yeah, no, I mean Belfort and Machida in my eyes should be the third fight on the card. It should, should be, be third from the top. No less than the third. If not co-main. Co-main, for sure. I would think by it, it being his retirement fight and the fact that it's a fight between two former champs, two Brazilians in Brazil, in my mind, without a doubt, I thought that should have been a co-main event. If it wasn't co-main, I can understand why, just like as you stated with, with Sousa yeah, that's and Castle. That's a number one contender That's a contender fight. fight. That's a contender fight, and that's going to have a lot of heat. And it does bring in the whole, like, 
Brazilians want to rally around a Brazilian beating an American oh, yeah, they love or somebody foreigners. else. Yep. So I get it. Like That's going to bring some excitement before, again, at the end, the last two fights are Brazil versus USA. You know, uh, I mean, they'll probably sort of feel like Dern Cooper is Brazil versus USA. Um, and maybe they the only fear is that they thought like, oh, the Brazilians might feel sort of tepid because it's Brazil versus Brazil. But these are two legends. Yeah. In Brazil, they love. I did not realize they I love was these guys. The it's weird. It's a weird spot. I mean, unless they maybe decide last minute to change it because maybe something fight week Brazilians start raising uh, 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 some sort of fury over it or whatever. But you know, I was surprised. I was surprised, and I just did. It felt to me that it wasn't uh, uh, a nice send off. I mean. Granted, it's still on the pay per view. That's good. Sure. You know, but it's in Rio. But, you know, to start the main card, I'll just like, oh, you're gonna put four fights after Vitor's retirement fight? Like, wow, that's weird. You know, but I don't know. Hopefully, maybe they have something built off. It'd be nice if they roll into the show and are not able to put a nice little piece of package right beforehand. Maybe sort of saying, you know, look at the great things that he's done. Um, I think that would be nice. I think Which, the UFC needs to do a better doing, job. If you're managing that. a broadcast and you know you have a, a lengthy package that you want to roll, doing at it at open. the start of the broadcast yeah. would be easier because then you don't worry about running yeah. up against time crunches in the end. So yeah. maybe that's maybe there's something to that. I hope so. I hope that I hope that's what it is. <laughs> it probably isn't, but I hope that's I hope that's what's built in because uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to reach out to people and find out that. Yeah. Like, by the way, speaking of reaching out to people, uh, I did confirm by the way uh, while Aaron Pico uh, interview was going on that the Championship bout, the, the the heavyweight Grand Prix bout for Bellator will be five rounds because that is a title fight. So three rounds for the two semifinals, five rounds for the finals. Just share that. All right, That's back good. to Mackenzie Dern. Uh, I, I did want to ask kind of what the, what the mood was in the room. Uh, she did touch on the fact that, interesting the way she said it too, that she was invited to leave the MMA lab was the way that it was pointed out, the way that she phrased it. Um, interesting, right? She kind of – I don't want to say rushed through it or whatever or wanted to move past it, but she did address the fact that she's now um, training in California. Was it, was it uh, I don't want to say tense or anything. but no, it, it didn't feel like – I mean, I, I did notice the part at the end, though, when she was like, you know, did how – she kind of giggled and I was like, yeah, I won't ever go back to, to Arizona or, or whatever again. So I that's the part that kind of got me. I was like, okay, well, they – like, that's relationship – that so, bridge is is gone. So here's the deal. So that so I I was watching your stream and I immediately reached out to John Crouch. Uh, I'm 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 a, a big fan of John Crouch. A, a huge respect for him as a coach. Huge respect for the way he handles things. I knew that he probably wasn't going to say anything, and basically he didn't. You know he he was like, hey, you know, thanks for reaching out, John. He he gave me a statement. He said, listen, uh, she was you know she was going back and forth between Arizona and California. I know she was struggling to do that. I said, hey, I know you love being in California. Why don't you just? She does. Why don't you just set up in California, enjoy your camp there, um, and you know we'll continue to wish you the very best. We'll support you. But it was very, it was a very political statement. You know what I mean? It was very, uh, you know, I don't want to say PC or whatever. I mean, I think it was honest, but you know, he he didn't necessarily want to get into the details. So yeah. I kept poking around. I do know some other people out there at the lab. Um, and, and, and basically here's what was said behind the scenes and, and nobody will go on record and say this, but the bottom line is they, they as a team didn't feel comfortable with the amount of time that she was committing to practice, um, especially wrestling practice, uh, and, and working on some of the things that they feel that she needs to work on to get better. I mean, her jujitsu game is as good as it gets in the women's right. division. 
but you know she does have her flaws in the stand-up game. She does have her flaws in in the in the wrestling game. Um, that if she worked on, she would be I think damn near unstoppable with the jiu-jitsu base that she's working from. And from what I was told from a couple different people, um, just wasn't necessarily putting in the time. And and as a team, that kind of concerned them a little bit. And and you know. Ultimately, they say, listen, you've got a great thing going on in California. Go ahead and do your thing in California as well. But it's interesting because I, I mean, mm-hmm. Kenzie Dern does have that X factor, right? I mean, she's already got that star quality about her. Yeah. She's got haters on her accent. You know what I mean? She, she's, she's that's got That's how it. you know you made it. Yeah, that's how, when you got haters, you made it, right? <laughs> and, and she does have great skills. But, you know, is she going to cap off if she's not willing to, to put in the time? Or is it going to take maybe – her first professional loss is that what it's going to take for her to be like, oh no, you know I got, but but you know here's the other thing about it. Cold coffee is like, it's such an interesting time, right? Because she gets these comparisons to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, people want to compare it to Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey was like robotic in her commitment to her craft, in her commitment to you know excellence as an athlete. You know she talked about the way. Her mom brought her up, and it was, you know, always be ready, and, you know, all those famous stories, and, and, and to the fact that, like, you know, we've talked about it before, that loss destroyed her because, at, you know, her athletic prowess was everything about her. So with Mackenzie, I see it 50-50, right? On the one hand, you know, I hear that people are concerned that she's not committed to being in the gym as much and, 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 and practicing maybe as much as she could and, and improving her wrestling skills and those sort of things. And that concerns me because I think, well, man, you know, is she wasting talent? But on the other hand, you might say, you know, is she doing the best thing for herself where she says, you know, look, I like going to the beach. You know, I like getting yeah. my mind off of fighting. I like being away and having a personal life and having like a real life so that this this sport isn't everything to yeah. me, and I wonder if that's healthy. So, I think that is the the thing Sounds that healthy. I'm so intrigued about right now is yeah. is is she potentially wasting talent, or is she striking a healthy balance between fighting and 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 life? And and I guess what gets me is so what is their fear? Why would you? I'd be worried that she'll take a loss and, and sully the name of the lab. I mean, because the lab's taken losses. Well, I would think that if if you have a fighter, unless it's just a matter of their She's making promises to show up to practices and misses practices and then has a lame excuse and where they're like, all right, well, we're trying to be there for her and she's too caught up in whatever. That's one thing. But if it's just like we're not sure she's putting in the effort, you know, and then if she's going to bring a lot of name power and bringing that back to the lab, I would think that would be a good thing. Well, you know? I think part of it was she was, as you said, she loves California and she was spending yeah. so much time out there that it's like, hey – when are you coming back so we can get training camp going? It's like, well, I'm kind of out here. And so would you want to show up on fight night and be in her corner and you haven't even had anything to do with her or her whole training camp? I, I think yeah. that I think that was kind of part of it more, you know? Well, I guess that. I mean, I get it. I get it. But – and maybe so. I mean, but I guess I could see where some coaches are like, hey, I'm still getting paid. So, But I guess if it's going and she goes out there – and just looks like an amateur. They're going to look at the coach and be like, what were those coaches doing? And then you don't want to be like, oh, well, she never actually made it. You don't, you don't want to feel yeah, like you, you have to that? justify it. But, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's one thing, you know, if it does boil down to, I guess, their principles and they, they want to be able to, to be proud of the fact if I'm going to be in the corner, I want to be able to hang my hat on and say, yes, we trained this person. 
Um, not that, oh, hey, yeah, they occasionally showed up at our gym. But it makes you wonder if they were not spending that much time out there in the first place, maybe they wouldn't even get the invite. Maybe that's the part that that would, you know, be salty to them. They're like, oh, she's not out there. Maybe we wouldn't get the invite. And then, you know, they'd be all butthurt because they're like, oh, she'd been training half the time out in California. And so it was the California people that got asked to go to the thing. But I don't know. Um, but whatever. She seems she seems she was very happy about being out in California. Um Seemed like, uh, and even in her mind, uh, that uh, it ended in a way that she's not planning on trying to go back. So I'm not sure, you know, she didn't seem as politically correct or maybe as uh, tactful, maybe in the way that she was phrased. But she wasn't bashing anybody. Well, she barely but, speaks you know, the language, Goka. I know it was. It was. <laughs> I was waiting for the translator to come in and really translate it to her. But uh, uh, it was. It was great hearing her. You know, talk about it. I mean, she's looking forward. She really wants to be a role model. She wants to. You know, show women that uh, it's all right to, especially young girls, it's all right. You can be different. You can wear pretty, you know, uh, uh, she's, uh, black, different things. Uh, yeah, you can wear black fingernail polish. You could be different. You could be yourself, but you could also be a strong woman that's also doing and doing great things, you know. So I think she wants to be that role model. She wants to do those things. And by them putting her at such a high spot in the card, she wants to take advantage of that. You know, she's happy to be in that uh, that spot. Um, she's excited for it, but she realized that a lot of people are going to be uh, looking at her like, why are you there? But she's not trying to put pressure on herself, so that's good, hmm. um, which I I would think that it would. You know, and well, that was one thing I wanted Brazil. to bring up. Well, and I wanted to be like, you know, you're fighting before. That's one of the reasons I, I was really looking at the card and was really surprised about Vitor because at one point I thought Vitor – fight was right before their fight and then i saw it was two fights ahead but i was like you know you know it's vitor a legend in brazil you know fighting against another legend and here you are coming to fight your second ufc fight you know it kind of felt like what they were did when they they were throwing cynthia cavillo up there mm. you know she, her first what three fights or something were like pay-per-view yeah. fights you know main card but she was kicking ass you know and uh you know so i don't know i mean i i think the ufc they need to you know, they're certainly not lacking in stars, but they are lacking in a sense those really star power people that people just rally around. So I think a lot of times they maybe do uh, are guilty of rushing to grab somebody and, and but, throw them into that but spotlight. You know what? But, I, but I do like that. I think you have to strike while the iron's hot. You, have to you do know, it. like the O'Malley's right. of the world. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, if, if you slow play in this game, you know, people start losing yeah. or, or people start, you know, why do I only care about this guy now if he's already had 10 UFC fights? Whatever. Right. You know, I mean, I do think you have to you have to jump on the train early yeah. if you're the UFC. And I think and I think the Brazilians are going to love the fact. I mean, they're going to rally around her. And if they can end that card with three Brazilian wins, mm -hmm. Brazil is going to be so absolutely stoked for this event. I mean, one, it's a pay-per-view. It's not some random fight night. It's not some random whatever down there. The fact they're getting a pay-per-view, and if they can end strong for Brazil, they're going to be so stoked about that night and literally can make Dern a, a star in that country in one night. I mean, she's already very well respected in the jiu-jitsu world, but I guarantee she's not a, a household name when people are thinking about MMA stars right. by any means. But if she goes in there and she's on the main card and she has a great showing – she literally become, can become a star in that country 
in one night and be an, a, a household name, they're already going to look at him like, wow, I was watching Vitor, and then I saw this girl. Right. If they don't already even know, even before she fights, I think they're going to be absolutely just, like, floored and, and want to see more. Because she's an attractive girl, and she fucking she's jujitsu. They're going to love that. I mean, what's there not to love about it? And they're going to be like, oh, she sounds like me when I speak English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's been practicing the whole time. <laughs> she does have that X factor. I mean, you know, it's 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 one thing to say. I mean, you know, when you say a good-looking girl or a good-looking guy, I mean, a lot of these fighters, I mean, they're in peak physical condition, right. so that, that makes them attractive. But there is something about like she commands a presence. Like she, she has that X factor. You know she's what I mean? Incredible you, you smile. You can't you can't say it yes or no. I mean, when yeah. she walks into a room, like she commands a presence about yeah. her, and then you, and then. Her jiu-jitsu is, is phenomenal. So, uh, all right, listen, uh, that full interview, the, the full the full uh, media lunch is up on YouTube uh, with Kelvin Gassum as well. We've also got I did know, the I did the individual well. ones up there. Yep. I finally put those up so, today. So we've got the individual ones up. We've got the full lunch as well. Um, I think somebody hit me up on uh, – <laughs> Somebody hit me up on on text or something. They're like, "Hey, do you know your YouTube has like uh, two minutes of Mark Raymondi sitting in it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's just an archive of the live stream. Like, deal, <laughs> deal with it." Because I think he was he was sitting there so you guys could focus in or whatever. Didn't I but get rid of that one? I don't know. That's I got rid of that was the first one. I think I, we started oh, so you and then it stopped. It? All right. Because remember the internet crapped out, so I stopped that feed uh, and then re-kicked it back. Well, that's off. what somebody said to me. So I, Mark I, I think I removed that one. Some love on the. Oh, uh, it's so funny because I was like, I was like, Mark, stand in there real quick, and then I was like. Okay, I'm good. And he wouldn't get up. I was like, oh, Mark likes being in the seat. <laughs> and then after a while, because I kept saying, I was like, perfect, perfect music. I know it. I was like, no, I'm trying to give you, like, without saying, I'm like, I'm giving you, you the leave. cue, like, you're done. <laughs> and then, I, so I kind of said a couple times, I was like, all right, you're good. And then finally, after a while, I was sitting there, he's like, he's like, okay, you're done with me? I was like, yeah, I, thank, I thank you, Mark. Ago, I was like, bro, I said that like minutes ago. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. Well, that, that sets up the perfect transition because somebody else who loves the spotlight, Bruce Buffer. I got to give a big uh, shout out to no, my man. Bruce no. Buffer loves the spotlight on him. I got dude, he's doing big things this week. You know, we we kind of tease it. I'm not going to lie. I knew all this stuff was coming, uh but I couldn't say anything cuz obviously I was bound to secrecy by my man Buff, but uh playable in the UFC game, which I got I haven't downloaded that yet. You know, I play I, I play that with my son a little bit. Not very often, but I so I got I got I got to that well you I guess you have to unlock them. You can't download them. So I got to get Bruce Buffer. Uh, and then also the music video uh, is doing big numbers, f uh, filmed at the Performance Institute. Uh, and I should say there's one more announcement slash product slash thing coming Buffer related uh, in the very near future. I think people are going to like as well. But I, I can't can't break that one either. But uh, I just want to give a shout-out to my man Buff. He's uh, He had a big week. Why are you hating him? No, I'm not hating at all. What? You're over there trying to edit YouTube, aren't you? No, I was. Yeah, no, I was looking. Off. I was looking at the comments that people were putting on no, fucking. You're all upset. That McKenzie. No, no, no. Oh, no, you're no. looking at the McKenzie comments. Yeah, I was. Just, I was like, why are there so many dislikes? And it's just people just hating on her accent, just like you said. People just fucking hating it. <laughs> What's wrong with people? All right, listen. Uh, okay, uh, I got one other interview I want to share this week. Uh, I did have a chance to speak with Ryan, the master baiter, as well. Uh, he is fighting. That's the best nickname ever, dude. That is so ridiculous and so awesome. It's so the best. So that the, I think that uh, I'm sure by now everybody's seen this, but if you haven't ever seen so the video that he did, I think it was with Flow grappling or Flow wrestling or Flow combat or something like. That, but I'm pretty sure it's 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 pinned to the top of his uh, of his Twitter page, and it's an embedded video of him showing single leg defense. 
but they've got it like it makes it look like he's naked. You know, you know when you do the pixelation over yeah. the, and so it makes it look like he's naked. <laughs> and basically, the dude's like shooting in, and he's got his head like in his crotch, like showing single leg. Have you not seen this? I love the. Oh name. my god! While while we're playing this audio, you'll have to check it out. It is literally. I think <laughs> Flo did it. I don't know which branch of Flo, but it is the most hilarious thing that I've ever seen. Uh, but he, of course, is in the main event next week in uh, San Jose, California. Uh, Simon Simano, uh will be up there. Dave Mandel will be there. I should say you uh, will be heading down to Brazil uh, with Fernando Prachis. You guys will be handling the UFC event. I'm actually sitting out of both events. My, my son's birthday is May 12th, and I've already missed two of my uh, son's first five birthdays, and I decided – uh, I got to stop doing that. Uh, he he kind of gets dates and stuff now. So I'm actually going to stay home so I can uh, so I can be with my son on his birthday. But Ryan Bader fighting Mola Wall in the opening round of the heavyweight Grand Prix. That is the uh, the feature bout at Bellator 199. I had a chance to speak with Ryan Bader, and here it is. Mr. Bader, how you doing, sir? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to catch up with you. I appreciate the time. Oh, for sure. All right, man. Let's talk about this fight. Give me. Let me tell. What's What's life like as a heavyweight for you, man? I mean, are you Are you getting second helpings at dinner? Maybe Maybe grabbing a couple extra beers on the weekend. What's What's it like for you? No, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty healthy. You know, or not pretty healthy. I'm definitely healthy. You know, um, eating wise throughout it. Um, there's no real difference except right now, basically. You know, um, I would be at light heavyweight. I'd kind of be in my head like, hey. Uh, um, you know, I, I need to be around 220, 223 right now, a week and a half out, whereas now I'm 230, 233, not worrying about it at all. Um, you know, still fast. I, you know, I, this whole tournament, I'm not going to go out there gaining a bunch of weight and go out there and feel differently. You know, I'm going to keep what I, what makes me good, my cardio, my speed, and and uh, feel fast out there, feel strong. Um, so the difference will really be on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Not having to cut 15, 17 pounds of water out of my body, you know, and then try to replace that. You know, it's got to do something at least a little bit in that fight time. So I'm looking forward to not doing that and feeling great in the fight. Yeah, no doubt. So basically your, your, your training camp was just like it was a light heavyweight fight. Yeah, exactly. And I did a little, a little different stuff as far as, like, uh, keeping some strength workouts a little more into – a little longer into that training camp, whereas I cut back on light heavyweight. So, I, you know, I didn't have that extra muscle. But uh, basically the same thing. And so yeah. – Nothing different. Feel good out there. Feel better than I do at light heavyweight. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Very nice. Well, I'm sure you've been sitting back just like we have, you know, watching this tournament unfold and see how things played out. Uh, what are your thoughts on the results so far? I mean, has it been going as you expected, or have there been any surprises in the results along the way? Um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, the, you know, the first fight was good there with Meet Your Own and, and Big Country. You know, was, uh, um, you saw two sides of it. You know, you saw Meet Your Own's, like, you know, fast. Right, and so he can bounce or get tired a little bit. And you saw him kind of come back, you know. So that was interesting to see. And then you saw um, Fatal and Mir, where uh, going into that fight, I, I just thought Mir was and he obviously has the tools to win on the ground or the feet. Um, but so that was a little surprising, mm-hmm. ending that quickly. Fatal getting the knockout, you know. So um, that being said, it was cool to see also because that could be a potential match in the finals. You know, and, and who doesn't want to fight Fedor in the finals? You know, and it you know, kind of be the the storybook, you know, finale. I know you don't want to let yourself, you know, think past the moment, but is that really is that the storybook ending right there? It would be the legend Fedor, you know, in in the finals. Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, I was always a big fan of his, and then uh, uh, he always has a, you know, already. I'm oh, sorry, he already has a huge uh, 
I'm following, you know, and his a country on his back and coming into that fight, fighting him for the heavyweight belt in a Grand Prix style tournament, you know, uh, you know, hopefully a great venue. I mean, he doesn't get much story than that. So, um, selfishly, you know, it's good to see, you know, see him win. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's talk about, I mean, you, here you are in the last quarterfinal. Um, you know, again, not not looking past this result, but, I mean, are you feeling that at, at a disadvantage at all? I mean, the, obviously, I guess you'd be the, the, the guy that has to fight on the le- least amount of rest, right? I mean, is that is that a disadvantage or the fact that this thing is, you know, weeks and months apart, does that play in at all? Are, are there any good things for being the last quarterfinal? What, what, what do you think? Uh, to, to be honest, it doesn't really matter for me, you know, um, Guys, you know, guys that fought at the beginning, they have to wait um, for a while. You know, I waited be- between my defense and and now, but you know, they're gonna have to wait from uh, whenever they fought February to who knows October maybe. You know, so um, for me, it's it's fine. You know, I'd like to get my feet wet in there. You know, coming up next week and then jump right back in. So I kind of like it that I fought last. I get to I got to see the lay of the land. You know, I know who I'm fighting. Um, the you know since February winning this fight, you know, so, um, yeah, it's all good. Give me the thoughts on King Mo. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's dabbled at heavyweight before, so I don't think he's going to be in over his head fighting a heavyweight. Um, but, but what do you think about the matchup itself, and, and how does it favor you? Yeah, I just think I'm uh, just more physical. I'm quick. You know, I, I think uh, I do everything just as well, if not better, than he does. Um, and then what really sets us apart is uh, I think I'm coming into the prime of my career. Um, you know, I want it bad. I – you know, uh, my cardio is uh, is more some of the best at light heavyweight, let alone here at heavyweight. Um, you know, whereas I, I kind of feel that his body doesn't really hold up to the training that needs to be done. Um, you know, I know he's not in there, you know, working as hard as I am, for sure. You know, he's not putting in the sparring. He's not putting in the wrestling, the grappling, the cage wrestling that I am, you know. And uh, um, that's always been an advantage of mine, going in there and kind of breaking guys and killing them kind of wither away, you know, as the rounds go on, you know, and, and let alone this is a three-round fight, you know, so um, I just feel that's the kind of difference, you know, he, he's not confident in his cardio, he's not confident if, in his wrestling because that might get him tired, you know, that's why he kind of sits back, looks for a right hand, you know, and uh, um, likes to play that game, so um, I just feel like we're at different points right now, um, and I think that's going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to start, you know, picking my shots, um, I'm going to get better as the rounds go on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. He's he's obviously dealt with his health issues and uh, throughout his career. Um, and he was on MMA Junkie Radio the, earlier this week, and he talked about that, that he was going to retire you, you know, that he thought you didn't have the desire and, and you didn't have the fight in him that, that he has in, in him right now. Did, did you see those comments at all, and, and, and were you surprised to hear him? No, I didn't. And, you know, that, look, I, I, know, I know guys around him, you know, and I know how he's been training. You know, and he hasn't been training like me, you know. And uh, he knows that in his head, in the back of his mind, he knows that. You know, and so, uh, you know, he can say that all he wants. He's projecting what, you know, what's going on inside of him, you know. So, um, I, you know, I, I heard, and I was doing a couple of interviews today, and, and I heard that he said that uh, that I might not want it anymore and this and that, and just kind of laughed. I'm like, yeah, my last fight kind of proved that. You know, I defended my title, stopped a, you know, a top five guy regardless of promotion, you know, and, and for the title defense, but, you know, my mind's not there anymore. Yeah, right. So I'm going to this tournament. I'm excited. I want to win this whole thing. I want to be a two-division champ, you know, and, and uh, he's the start of this. 
you know, you mentioned Fedor as the as the ultimate dream ending would be awesome, but you know, next is is Matt Mitrione. Um, are, are you are you thinking about that fight at all? I mean, are you are you are you allowing yourself to to game plan, to strategize, to consider the options, or, or is that a is that a dangerous path to go down? Yeah, I'm not really like you know I I know I know Matt and we're buddies, you know, and uh, uh, it's one of those things where I haven't thought about it too much yet. You know, I watched their fight in in his last fight and kind of. Uh, Took what I could from it, um, but you know I'll we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes. You know I got to fight to spot there, tough fight to spot there, and win already. You know so um, one of those things where uh, go win this fight, and then we have time to to game plan and think about that. You know and uh, um, you know that kind of stuff. So I'm not one that you know I'll, although it's fun to look forward to who I potentially might fight. I know I'm fighting that, but then who I might fight in the finals. But um, I don't let myself get ahead. Uh, too much. Yeah, you know, with with, with hearing the stuff today that you've heard that, that King Mo was saying, does it does it add a little a little chip on your shoulder? I mean, at this point, I doubt I doubt you need much motivation. You're a pro. You've been around for a long time. But I mean, does it does it add anything to it? Do you kind of want to shut the guy up a little bit, or 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 do you have to kind of separate yourself from emotions as well? Well, yeah, well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't need any uh, any more motivation. But it's just funny. Yeah, him saying that. Where, like, you know, where does that come from? I, I think that comes from his, his own self, his doubts, his insecurities. You know, um, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what, what I can do. You know, I'm in the prime. I'm, uh, I'm a young 34 years old. My body's never felt better. You know, where, you know, he has a hard time making it to the fights. You know, we were supposed to fight before he pulled out nine weeks prior to that fight, and then he hasn't fought in over a year. And you know, his last win is Rampage. You know, who. who um, he's very fighter, but he's not in his absolute time, you know, himself, mm-hmm. you know. And so if we look at, if we look at that and we look at who I fought and who he fought, you know, go down my, go down my list. I'm nine and one in the last 10 fights. And, and when's the last time I haven't fought a top 10 guy regardless of promotion, right. you know? And, um, yeah, you know, it's not his fault. He, he hasn't fought these guys, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, rotated some losses and some wins and, you know, his his big wins, you know, his last big win was a rampage, you know, who Sonnen just beat and like I said, is a great fighter, but he's not uh, you know, a prime, prime rampage, you know, and he he had went in there, had a had a lot of trouble with him and close fight, you know, and, and, and gassed out, you know. Um, I'm gonna go in there and push that pace on him. I'm gonna make him doubt himself and, and the training he's put in. Like I said, you know, I have people around him and I know he hasn't put in, been putting in training that I have, you know, and so I just think it's more of a, a projection of how he's feeling, you know, rather than an attack on me. You know, that Fedor result uh, the other week, it, it really kind of seemed to get everybody re-energized in this tournament, man. You know, it really seemed to, like, kind of spark some, some some interest. So I'm wondering, I mean, yeah. do, you, do you feel like there's a – I don't want to say a responsibility on you, but, I mean, do you feel like you kind of want to go out there and make a big statement like Fedor did to keep to, to keep the hype going, or is this more about, you know, just, just do what you got to do to get a win and, and make sure you advance and keep moving towards the ultimate goal? You know, there's both, but, I mean, yeah, you want to go out there and have that, like, oh, shit. You know, Bader looked awesome. You know, went and stopped Mo. Now he's fighting. Oh, look at this matchup next. He's fighting. Oh, two heavyweight makes your own. You know, Bader's got the wrestling. Makes your own has the striking. And how's that going to play out? And look on the other side of the bracket. You got you know Fedor and Son in. And who makes it there? Then the matchup. You know, yeah, I, I do. You know, feel like there's some responsibility there. And and for my own self, I want to make a statement right away. Um, you know, and so uh, um, I want to make a statement to my next opponent and whoever's going to win that on the other side of the bracket in the meet in the finals. Yeah, so um, definitely. 
Nice, brother. All right, man. Well, I definitely appreciate the time. I know you're busy, so I thank you for that. Any other last thoughts or messages or anything like that we can get out there for you? Man, I'm just excited. Just like, uh, you know, your last question. You know, I'm looking to go out there and make a statement, um, not only to these fans here, but to, to the other uh, competitors in this tournament, you know, and, and get this fight done one step closer to Vision Champ and having fun with it. Feel great and uh, ready to do it. All right, so that was Ryan Bader. Uh, listen, I think uh, him and King Mo, after King Mo's comments on MMA Junkie Radio, he's, he's, he's trying to say this isn't personal at all, but uh, I don't know. I can hear a little edge in his voice there. I think this is going to add a little flavor to the card. Um, should say, by the way, this week, uh, a rare week with no UFC, no Bellator, as we said. Still, there is uh, LFA 39 and Victor FC 29. Those are both Fridays. So good. if you're if you're listening to this early on, you can catch those tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, uh, Risen is on uh, is on Sunday morning, bright and early as well, kind of late, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So there's still a little bit of MMA action. And then, of course, next week uh, we will be uh, on two continents, bringing you on-site coverage from both places. I will not be at either one. It's cold, cold coffee's been doing all the traveling now. It's it's not the MMA road show. It's just oh, yeah. it's the cold coffee big, road show, man. I saw you, to LA. bro. I saw you out there talking about uh, throwing down some whiskeys and and yeah. uh, a man not a man not handling his business very well on the plane. Well, it's funny. It wasn't actually on the plane, but that uh, it was uh, you know fucking Twitter. You can only have so many characters to to put it. But let me set the scene for you. All right, set the scene. So as I was. Flying back into Vegas, you know, they didn't have uh, any uh, TV on the plane, so you're just at whatever your own device is. So yeah, because it's a short-ass flight. Like, short then, flight. Then, then, but every once in a while you get a plane that's yeah, yeah. like doing when the if transit. It's, yeah, if you're going to LAX and then that, that plane is going like overseas yeah. somewhere. But, yeah, normally on the way from LAX to Vegas, it's it's you're an old plane. That, yeah, it's not but getting. I did happen to get upgraded. So I was like, oh, it's cool. You know, I actually had a window seat. And I don't normally get in the window seats. Um, but it was a beautiful, beautiful day when we finally got up uh, there were some bumps as soon as we're getting up uh but we got up over the clouds and the sun since it was later in the day the sun was kind of going down we we're kind of getting in that golden hour and the sun over the clouds is just beautiful so it set me in the sort of reflective mood so just kind of flipping through the phone and i went and was listening to a bunch of like 70s and 80s songs and uh time goes by and we're getting ready to land into vegas you know, starting to see the lights, and the guy next to me—I think it was him. Must I assume it was his sister and his father? They were Japanese. Mm-hmm. Didn't speak much English, you know, because so, every time the the drink stewardess uh, or drink stewardess, the stewardess, the flight attendant, <laughs> the, flight attendant <laughs> the woman that's there for your safety <laughs> and to make sure that you live in case of emergency. Also, all you look at her is is the supply she to the Woodford the Reserve. <laughs> she brought me two Woodford Reserves and gingers. Uh, because <laughs> I noticed, because when they were asking drinks, you know, the he kind of politely did the wave off. And at first, you know, I had I had my headphones on, and I thought like he was asking for water. He was doing the that you know that no, motion where just like you're tipping your hand back like you're drinking a water. Right. And I remember thinking like, oh, she never brought him his water. I was like, oh man, I should say something. I should say something. And then uh, she came back before we took off again and was like asking for drinks when you're on the plane, you know, what you want. And then I saw him do it again, but this time I had my headphones off, and he was kind of saying, no, 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 no drink or whatever. And I was like, okay, I misread it. I was going to 
be that guy I was gonna I was, ma'am, I was ma'am, gonna say like man you, you forgot his drink you know my buddy here and I my my buddy that I know so well um. Uh, so I was just feeling just like I was feeling love. I was feeling like you were feeling the whiskey. Yeah, I was. I was. I felt the whiskey because when it, we were coming into land, you know, I was even like, oh, hey, man, because I saw him try to take a picture of the lights, but he didn't want to be rude and like cross over my space to do it. So I kind of just nudged him. I was like, you know, feel free to do it. And he's like, oh, OK. And he reached over and took his shot. So I was just like, oh, I was feeling the love. Flipped through my phone and I found "Sailing" by Christopher Cross. If you don't know the one, it's the song that goes "Sailing takes me away." You know, and so I was I was listening to that and I was coming and I was like, "Oh man, I feel great." And I was like, "I'm gonna write a text. I'm gonna I'm gonna send a tweet or whatever." And the plane kind of comes down and I and I had the text and I was starting to starting to work on it. And I was like, "Oh, I want this to be perfect." Just and beautiful then, and, and poetic. Beautiful. And and we touched down. And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna gather my thoughts. I'm gonna put the most beautiful." text together and just explain how good I was feeling and as I'm walking through the airport to kind of go back to think I'm like oh let me hit the restroom let me just think about this text Um, and I hit the restroom and as I'm pulling in there I'm using the restroom like okay what am I going to say I want to put this 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 the guy in the stall behind me literally blowing massive chunks I mean it's just (laughs) and you hear the splatter and I was at the point where I was just like oh my god I wanted to like one hand, I was like, which hand do I hold my dick? Which hand do I plug my other ear in? Because I didn't want to freak, just let it go, you know? I mean, I don't want to spray or whatever. I mean, I'm not the most well-endowed. I don't just let it and lay it down into the stall. Uh, but I'm, listen- I'm listening, and it's almost to the point where you're like, ugh, ugh. Ugh, like, oh, like it's making you sick? It was what well, was because it starts. Then you start thinking like, "Am I smelling it?" Oh, then all these yeah, thoughts yeah, yeah, start yeah, going yeah. in my head, and this beautiful moment that I had just quickly drowned down the fucking toilet as this person behind me was just puking. I'm like, one, and then because then I start thinking like, "Oh, this dude's never gonna get on a fucking plane." Like nobody's gonna let him on a plane because he's definitely plane. on his way out. If he's, he's that, not on his yeah. way in, he's on no, his way out. like because I, I mean, he's nobody, hammered, getting he to the fucking airport. hammered. Trying to trying to do the Morgan, trying to get waste just to the perfect amount <laughs> to get on a plane, <laughs> but he went too far. He tried to do the Morgan and he mm. overstepped the line. He overstepped mm. the line, but literally, it, then the it got to this mistake. point where I was like, "Oh, I had these great visions. I was going to write this wonderful tweet." And, I, and I'm not a wordsmith, as anybody that's read any of my writing knows, or listen to the podcast, or listen to the podcast, or knows, you. <laughs> or knows me in real life. <laughs> so I was just like, "Oh." Fuck. It just ruined it. And then as I'm going down the, the escalator to get to the baggage, it just made me start chuckling. And I was like, man, I had this beautiful moment that I haven't had really because I never sit in the window of coming back in Vegas. You come into Vegas so so many times and I sit in the aisle seats usually and you don't even think about it. You forget about a lot of the joy that people get when they come into Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, They forget what this trip means to them. I mean, we take it for granted. And, and this was one trip – by sitting in the window, it kind of just threw it back in my face that we live in a wonderful city. You know, being able to travel and go do media events in other cities and go to different places, you know, and it just made me very reflective. And then <laughs> having the whole moment of the guy thrown just up in the, in the restroom just kind of away from me in a heartbeat. It, it just sailed away. But then as I was going down the escalators, I just started chuckling. I was like, God, Vegas. Like, you see the most beautiful of things, and then you see some shit. We just like, just leaves your, just leaves you shaking your head like it's the best. of the human nature, and you're like, this is fucking awesome. It's the best. I'm like I love it here, and I was just like, all right. So that's why I try to end with like Vegas. I love you. 
so hard. You know, that's what's like, up. That's the so chaos yeah. of Vegas, man. Oh, it, is a, it is. It is a great place to live. I, I you know. Visiting here can be a little bit taxing, especially if you're, if you're stuck on the strip and you know you're just getting the the madness of the casinos, uh, you know, night in and night out, and, and walking up and down the strip, especially if it's hot during the summer. But uh, this is a great place to live, and then you get to see the madness. Then you see, then you see the people that take it just a little too far. I mean, like. You can pretty much do whatever you want here. I mean, I've always thought of it. I always thought of myself as kind of a master of moderation. Yeah, I mean you <laughs> you push it, but you don't go you don't you don't go so far as like losing it. And especially, you know, I've been in situations where you know people that have gotten too drunk, and it's like, oh, you're je- you're almost jeopardizing your flight. Yeah. You know? And then you got people that expect you to go, and then it's like, okay, have fun and do your thing, but. Keep it together a little bit. Make sure you can get on a plane. And I was just laughing because I was like, that dude's not getting on There's a plane. There's no way. Plane. He is not going to make it. But Good times. Yeah. Good like, times. I, the big round trip to LAX. Man. Oh, it was a long fucking day, though. It was like, yeah, it's a long leave, day. leave the house at five, uh, five-ish to head to the airport. And then I think I rolled back into the house around like, uh, it was about 9 p.m. So, yeah, it was, it was a long one. It was a long one. But People don't realize some long hours. That's but. what's up. Well, you, like I said, you'll be on the road next week. Uh, you'll be down in Brazil with uh, Fernando Projas. We'll uh, we'll figure out how to do a little podcast. I'm sure we can uh, sneak a little something. Am we'll I right that up. Fiasco Jones is going to be down there with you as well? He is. I think so. I tried double-checking that. And, uh, I feel like we did talk that he was going to yeah. be down there. So, uh, um, I, figure something I know out Cody there. and some of the, the – Folks that won't, that are maybe not the biggest fans of Fiasco Jones. We'll keep it uh, minimal. I promise. We'll keep we'll keep it minimal. And uh, I'll chime in as well. We'll we'll figure out a way to make it happen. It's gonna be weird, man. We're gonna have, we're gonna have staff in San Jose. We're gonna have staff in Rio. And uh, I'll be sitting at home all by my lonesome. So that's gonna be weird. I'm usually one of the guys out find on the road. The dead but dead birds. Yeah. Find, oh, Jesus Christ. Email patrol for the dead birds. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. See the, your uh, your wifey's reaction when you send that. Three little birds. She just started it. texting me earlier and asking me when I was going to be home. I wonder if there's more dead birds. <laughs> like That's her polite way of saying, we found more birds. There's more birds, aren't they? She was like, what time are you going to be home? I'm like, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to be home. She's like, yeah, just meet me in the backyard when you get home. <laughs> there's like a vulture outside just eating. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, listen. Uh, yeah. I got to get home and find out what animals have perished on my property. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening.